You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rutrians for Black and White Sports 2. Well, we're going to talk about Jim Edmonds, a guy that I feel like is a hall of very good guy. Boy, he came close. All right? And by close, I mean... Man, if he could have just got about three more really, really good seasons under his belt, I think he would be certainly looked at as the as a Hall of Famer. Um, in case you're wondering, Jim Edmonds, uh, he actually he won a World Series. Won a World Series, eight gold gloves, four All-Stars, silver slugger in a World Series, 393 homers, uh, right at 1,199 RBIs, 1,251 runs scored, and 1,949 hits. I don't, I don't think that gets him into the hall, by the way. Uh, but he was, of course, uh, he played for the, uh, the Anaheim slash California Angels and the St. Louis Cardinals predominantly, and he had some monster seasons in there, uh, some really huge seasons. And I saw this story. There, He's going through this very public dispute, all right, with his ex, and she is part of the Real Housewives of Orange County. Well, look, if you're willing to go on a show like that, I'm not going to worry about not doing videos on your on your private life. I'm just not, especially uh, one like this. And they've had a lot of drama play out uh, publicly. All right, uh, let's just take a look at this. This is TMZ, all right? Um Real Housewives star of uh, Megan King X rips her for exploiting sons challenges. You even got the diagnosis wrong. Now that was back in July. Okay. Um, This is today. She gets a restraining order against Jim Edmonds. That's what this says here. Okay. Uh, She's saying he's verbally abusive. She got a, what they call a temporary restraining order against him. So, Let's look at this older article just because we need some context here. Okay, Real Housewives of Orange County star Megan King is being slammed by ex-hubby Jim Edmonds for posting about their child's challenges. Jim says she didn't even get the kid's medical condition right. The retired MLB player and current baseball broadcaster is upset over one of Megan's recent Instagram posts where she... Asked for help getting her and Jim's son, Hart, potty trained with Megan telling folks the kid had a hard time, has a hard time learning new skills because he's got cerebral palsy. Problem is, Jim says four-year-old Hart does not have cerebral palsy and was actually diagnosed with a different medical condition known as paraventricle leukomalacca. Uh, I don't know if that's right, guys. PVL, which is a softening of the brain tissue near the ventricles. God, that's just terrible. And that's her post right there. Jim's rep, Steve uh, Hanig, tells TMZ, Jim wishes Megan would respect their children's privacy and stop putting their son and his challenges in the spotlight, he says, to get attention for herself. Jim's rep also points out the discrepancy over their son's medical condition and adds 
this parting shot. Quote, if Megan wants to prove her ability to co-parent with Jim, it might be a good idea to stop constantly disparaging him. I, I, I got to kind of agree with that. Jim and Megan had a bitter divorce, complete with a new text message scandal. The exes beefed over COVID. Megan is dating again after recently ending a two-month marriage to President Biden's nephew, Cuff Owens. What? <laughs> wow. So, we fast forward to this, and this just broke. This just broke, okay? Megan King claims her ex-husband, Jim Edmonds, has been verbally abusing her over their child custody arrangement. So she got a temporary restraining order against him. According to court docs filed in Missouri and obtained by TMZ, the Real Housewives of Orange County star got the court order back in June over what she describes as, quote, frequent and constant, uh, consistent verbal abuse via text, as well as their shared family wizard app, which they use to co-parent. Wow, that's weird. Okay. It's unclear exactly what Jim allegedly said to her, but sources connected to the case tells us it all has to do with their shared custody arrangement, the pickup drop-off schedule, specifically which Megan claims Jim hasn't followed. It seems Jim has been trying to have this case sealed, at least according to MK. She wants it public for all to see. Why? Why? This just blows my mind that somebody would want this such a private thing to, to be played out in public. And I'm going to be honest with you, that immediately makes me suspicious of all this, okay? I, it feels like, at least with her, there's certainly a grifting aspect to this, right? Because look, Jim's made plenty of money playing baseball, okay? He, he's not worrying about making a coin off of nothing. And he's in the public eye. He's a broadcaster. He wants this private. I don't blame him. I completely agree with that. I really do. Now, look, obviously I don't agree with him verbally abusing anybody, if that's true. But who knows if we can even believe that, right? It's just the latest instance of fighting between the exes They've gone after each other publicly over issues related to their children. He's accused her of putting their kids at risk during the COVID lockdown after he learned she was partying in Miami. <laughs> God, come on, Jim. A hearing is scheduled for later this month on whether to make a restraining order permanent. Jim's rep, Tim Hugnig, tells TMZ, quote, this request for an order of protection is completely baseless. And furthermore, makes an absolute mockery of the pain suffered by millions of women in this country who are le legitimate victims of abuse. Wow, that's coming out. We reached out to Megan for comment. So far, nothing has come back. So, wow. Okay. I mean, that, that just tells you right there. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, man, there are all kinds. I mean, there's things involving the nanny here. There's a new text message scandal. I mean, but at this point, the wheels have come off, right? It's nuts. Um, man, man, that's absolutely crazy. You know, the story here is, obviously, she had to get a temporary restraining order against him. But the problem is, 
when people are playing this kind of stuff out in public, all right, or they just go through this, I have seen women, and I'm going to be honest with you, I've seen some bitch-ass men, too, get temporary restraining orders against people and protection orders when nothing really happened. I've seen that. Okay, why? Because they want it on record, and they want it to make the other person look bad. I'm not saying that she didn't have a valid reason to get one, so don't lose your shit. But I'm saying, does it happen? All right? Especially when there's kids involved and they're trying to play that back and forth. Hell yeah, it happens. Of course it happens. I mean, my God. You know, to try to make the other one look bad. Split split ups are sad in a lot of ways because it gets ugly. It's somebody you care about. One person always likely didn't want the breakup when another one did, right? So somebody's scorned, and we know how this goes. Temporary restraining order against Jim Edmonds. What the hell? I mean, really? Hit the subscribe button. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rudrance for our Black and White Sports. Well, we got some uh, further news involving former NFL player, former University of Washington alum, Kevin Ware Jr. Of course, he has been indicted for murder of his girlfriend. We did a video when she went missing. We did a video when they grabbed him. And now some details have come out involving the repugnant-ass acts that this man committed onto his girlfriend, and it's bad. So I'm warning you up front, if you're faint of heart, bell out now, okay? He played for the Redskins. He played for the Niners. Wow. I mean, this is tight end, okay? Uh, let's get to this. This is bad. Outkick. Ex-NFL player Kevin Ware Jr. allegedly burned girlfriend's body after killing her. Good God. Wow. Former NFL player Kevin Ware Jr. allegedly burned his girlfriend's body after killing her, according to new court documents. The remains of Taylor Pomosky were found in Houston's Harris County in December 2021. The 42-year-old Ware was indicted for the murder in July of 2022. Pomonsky, 29, had been missing for seven months after being seen fighting with the ex-NFL player at a party the two were hosting, according to Click to Houston. Let's just go over there. Uh, so he he he's charged with murder, tampering with evidence in connection with death of girlfriend. Okay, so... Uh, let's just see if we get anything new here. Court documents were released Wednesday, shared gruesome details about what happened to Pomonsky uh, after she was killed. Paper states, after killing her, Ware apparently burned her corpse. A grand jury indicted Ware in July for murder, tampering with evidence, specifically a corpse, in connection with the death of Pomonsky, according to Harris County District Attorney's Office. According to investigators, Pomonsky had been last seen April 25th, 2021, at a party at her home. 
Authorities said Pomosky disappeared under suspicious circumstances and may have been a victim of foul play. Quote, we appreciate everyone that has come forward to provide evidence in aid of our investigation. Lacey Johnson, chief prosecutor in Major Offenders Division, who is handling the case. Although this investigation has been ongoing since Taylor's disappearance in 2021, the court process is just beginning. We encourage anyone who has knowledge about what happened between Kevin and Taylor to come forward. Where is due in court, September 26th, if convicted, he faces a possible sentence of 15 years to life. All right, I've got something to say about that. Quote, prosecutors presented the evidence to Harris County Grand Jury, which determined there was sufficient evidence for criminal charges, says Harris County District Attorney Kim Ogg. Oh, keep in mind, this is the same people that handled Deshaun Watson's case. We will follow the evidence wherever it leads and apply the law equally to all. That, that, that makes me concerned, I can tell you that. It's believed, back to OutKick, it's believed where killed Pomansky by strangling, cutting, and beating her, according to court records. Good God. Wow. Uh, after the disappearance, Ware was arrested, placed in custody in Montgomery County Jail on unrelated drug and weapons charges. Ware was born in San Diego, California, played college football at Washington. He was an undrafted tight end, spent two seasons in the NFL, his first season was with the Redskins, followed by one with the Niners. Whoa, that is as bad as, bad as it sounds. Now, I'm just going to come out and say this. They can't give this joker the death penalty? I mean, I guess I'm, I guess I'm confused because why in the world is 15 years even coming out of somebody's mouth as far as a potential sentence? Are you kidding me? You would think this was this would be life and or death, okay? I mean, life in prison, no chance of parole, or, or the death penalty. This is Texas, for crying out loud. I mean, I'm just, I'm just putting that out there. I mean, this happened. Um, the remains were found in Houston's Harris County. God almighty. That, that's... That's crazy that that this guy could potentially see the light of day. Let's say he gets 25 years. I mean, could could oh, my goodness, he was a model, he was a model inmate. Boom, out in 12. You know, out in 20. I mean, he's he's not that old. This is crazy. It, it's absolutely crazy. You would think strangling, burn the body, all this, you would think there'd be an automatic like seeking of the death penalty here. Why is there not? I'd love I'd love to know why. So if you're involved in this case, email us. Let's talk about it. You know? Peace. I'm out till next Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and White Network supporters, make sure you check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. 
Link in the description. Use promo code USA First, all one word. USA First, all one word. 25% off now. Well, guys, the long wait is over now. The NFL returns tonight. The Bills and the world champion Rams actually play in L.A. And by the way, guys, guess who's the favorite in this game? It's actually the Bills. The Bills actually, I believe the favorites had to win the Super Bowl. Uh, a little bit overrated if you ask me, but we'll have to see. But um, this video really is about um, week one for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, the Buccaneers actually play my Dallas Cowboys in Dallas on Sunday night football. So Tom Brady will be returning for his 23rd NFL season. And guess who will not be there, folks? His wife, Giselle Bunchen. Yes, check this out, guys. Now, according to reports here, Giselle Bunchen currently not set to attend Tom Brady's first game. Nothing is in place. And this seems to be very, very unprecedented that Giselle would not actually be at this game. But we know that Giselle is very, very upset with Tom Brady. We do wish them all the best, but um, she wants him to retire. He wants to play football. So there's a lot of animosity, a lot of fights that's been happening. And um, this isn't the first time. This is just the first time that it actually got, got out into public now because Tom Brady did retire. And reports said that when he decided to come back, she was furious. It says here, Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchen are dealing with tension in their marriage over the 45-year-old quarterback's decision to return to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this season, sources tell People. And as of now, she isn't set to attend his first game this Sunday. A source with the Buccaneers tells People that, quote, is always a bit thing when Giselle is coming to watch the game with extra security and snacks for the family. But, quote, as of right now, there's none of that for Sunday's game. And this is Thursday, folks, so we're, what, uh, three days away from uh, this game. Things could change, but it doesn't look very likely. Uh, quote, it feels very different this year than last year. She was excited to be here. We saw her around, the source says. I'm not saying she's she can't possibly come, but nothing is in place for her to be here for the first regular season game. And that seems weird. Yeah, to me, that would definitely seem uh, weird also as well. Now, it is on the road. It is in Dallas. But still, when it comes to the NFL, man, week one is a bit thing. Like the game tonight is actually going to be on uh, NBC, by the way. I believe that uh, Amazon actually has the uh, Thursday night games on going forward. Uh, but um, don't quote me on that. But I believe that is the case. It says here, the insider adds that people are not bringing up bunching 42 around Brady. Uh, quote, everyone here knows that there's tension, but we don't know how serious it is. So we're just not talking to him about Giselle. It's not a topic anyone wants to bring up to him. I wouldn't bring it up either. I mean, Tom Brady at this point, man, he needs to focus on week one and um, his head needs to be in the game. I know there's a lot of concern out there about um, his on-field performance now. Now that all of this is actually leaked out. And even um, before when it didn't leak out, uh, we heard that Tom Brady was very, very sad at practice. Imagine Tom Brady being sad at practice. Now, I don't believe he was sad because he was actually at practice. I believe Tom Brady absolutely loves practicing and playing football. This guy loves to uh, watch film like nobody else. But his personal life when it comes to his wife. Yeah, there's some problems, man. So he's going to have to actually work through that. Um, it says here, another source close to Brady previously told people that Bunchen wasn't thrilled 
with her husband's decision to return for another NFL season just two months after announcing his retirement. Uh, quote, there's a lot of tension. She was so happy when he announced his retirement and she wasn't thrilled at all when he went back on that. Uh, quote, they're hitting a rough patch, the insider continued, but I know they're trying, or at least he's trying to figure it out and make it work. He wants to get through this and for things to get better. So there you have it, guys. Um, Giselle doesn't look like she's going to be in Dallas at this game. And uh, Tom Brady's just going to be there by himself. Now, I'm assuming that she's actually going to have the kids because rumors actually said that um, Tom Brady had the kids. But considering, you know, this is a road game um, in Dallas, I'm assuming that, that they actually met up and um, and she will have the kids because uh, Tom Brady's going to actually have to hit the road with the team and play in this week one game. I'm wondering, folks, how this will affect his performance on the field. I'm willing to bet that Tom Brady is going to um, still be Tom Brady when it comes to his production on the field. I believe he he is the ultimate professional. His head may not be in it completely, but I still believe he's going to be very, very productive in week one. Uh, to me, the Dallas Cowboys are the team that has a lot to prove. I still can't get over that, that loss to the San Francisco 49ers when uh, Dak decided to run the ball. Whoever decided to actually call that play should have been fired. Uh, Mike McCarthy should have been fired at the end of last season, but he's still there. I believe, man, that the Cowboys don't deliver this season. He is gone. And uh, Sean Payton's still out there. Sean Payton, if I'm not mistaken, he does live in the Dallas area. So we will actually have to see. Now, we know that there was rumors with um, Sean Payton and Tom Brady going to Miami. Different story, though, but I digress. But uh, that is the news, guys. Giselle Bunchen will not be at the week one game between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys to watch her husband, the GOAT, Tom Brady, play. Will she actually attend any games this season, or is she just that furious about Tom Brady actually coming back? It could be. If she doesn't show up at any games, man, that that would be shocking right there. But if she does show up to a game or two, I'm pretty sure the cameras would definitely be on her and you know, seeing her reaction um, in a box, that could be interesting right there. That'll be a bit time story. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to the channel and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. I'm back. Rudrance for our Black and White Network. We're going to talk about this movie that Breitbart has produced, uh, which is My Son Hunter, of course, about the uh, train wreck son of one old-ass creepy Joe Biden. Of course, coked up, sex-addicted. Um, Lord knows he's probably sold out the country to God knows who, right? And Breitbart made this movie that is directed by the legendary Robert Davey. Now, if you have no idea who Robert Davey is, have you ever seen an 80s movie? Um, he is one of the bad guys in Goonies, and he is one of the Johnsons 
Johnson & Johnson in legendary movie called Die Hard. The FBI agent, Johnson & Johnson. Yeah. Uh, as soon as you see Robert Davey, you're like, oh, that bad guy from like 100 movies. Yeah, well, he's also a director. He's also a conservative. And as you can imagine, outside of, of a lot of production companies that, that are, well, I say a lot, outside of a few production companies that are willing to work with conservatives, uh, he's having to kind of do his own thing now, right? Uh, so he decided to make this movie that is loosely a biography, it seems, of Hunter Biden, and I'm sure with some kind of uh, uh, flair of Hollywood, right? And it stars uh, Lawrence Fox, uh, what seems to be a British actor. I have not seen the movie yet. I'm going to try to see the movie sometime in the next couple of days, and I'll do a review on it. And it also stars, of course, Gina Carano, a friend to the Phantom Menace, friend of my buddy, Drunk 3PO, Welcome to the Rebellion, I Got His Shirt On, um, and, uh, you know, there's an article written by, by the Guardian right now, and it totally disrespects Gina Carano, uh, in the wording on it, and there's something weird going on with this movie, okay? It looks to me like, and I could be wrong, but it looks to me like that Rotten Tomatoes has decided to not let audience reviews go up on this movie, because there's no way in hell at this point that no audience members have not went to Rotten Tomatoes to view this film and then do a review on it, right? It just doesn't make sense. And I wonder if this is going to end up being the movie that nobody in the mainstream wants you to see. And there's one Rotten Tomato review by a critic, and I went over, he wrote this scathing article, My Son Hunter, the right-wing Hunter Biden movie, is for fringe lunatics. Now, he wrote this article, and he left a review. Now, my thing about it is, and, and look, we've got one review. There's no ratings on it whatsoever. Um, why is that? Like, like you left a review, but I can't even tell that this sumbitch watched the movie. Okay? And you can go see it. It's over at uh, mysonhunter.com. All right? Or you can get it or buy it on Locals. Um, like I said, I'm going to try to see it in the next couple of days. Now, let's get to this. My son, Hunter, customer surge temporary, temporarily disrupts site on opening day. It's now restored. Uh, a surge of user activity temporarily halted access mysonhunter.com this morning as thousands simultaneously try to access the film Wednesday morning. Quote, We've never seen anything like it. Elizabeth Moore, Breitbart VP of Communications, quote, our customer service team thankfully was able to restore service promptly to keep up with the avalanche of movie purchases. I can only imagine. Quote, My Son Hunter is available now for streaming and downloading at MySonHunter.com. This is the bombshell story of Hunter Biden's laptop from hell that the establishment media and its big tech censors did not want the American public to see during the 2020 election. The left's reception to My Son Hunter shows that they still do not want this story seen. It's hard to see. Now, we've seen some, some mainstream media outlets start to cover this. But, you know, you want to talk about election influences. This was a big one, Okay. This was a big one, all right? The mainstream media completely squashed this story 
Uh, Big Tech squashed the story. Twitter famously squashed it. So did Facebook. We just found out. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg told Joe Rogan that, essentially. Uh, Russian disinformation was what it was called, remember? Uh, A poll conducted after the election found that 17% of Biden voters would not have voted for him if they had known about the laptop from hell. Even now, two years later, 63% of likely voters still believe the laptop story is important, according to the recent poll. And, uh, of course, there's the trailer right there. Now, I want to get to this, okay? Because, um, you know, this just kills me. All right? This is that review over at The Guardian and it, where, he, where he says it's fringe for lunatics. Okay, all right. Right-wing Hunter Biden story. Now, read. I, I'm going to read this. And so, an intrepid critic has no choice but to tromp into the dank bog of paranoia and conspiracy, theorizing that this is the sophomore directorial effort from Robert Davey. Now, keep in mind, this story is real, okay? Keep in mind, paranoia and conspiracy, theorizing, there's none of that with this. The New York Post broke this story. Okay, and the things, the laptop has been determined to be real, and they have proof of a lot, whether they want to investigate it or not. It doesn't mean it didn't happen. This isn't conspiracy, all right? Uh, But this, the Guardian wants you to believe it is, right? Right here. I mean, we're talking about an article that, um, I don't know what day this was written. Oh, the, the 6th of September, and this... This publication, irresponsibly, still calls this conspiracy theorizing. No, it's not, dude. It absolutely is not. Okay? And whether you like it or not, even CNN is having to start talking about this. Okay? That this is real at this point. His only other credit being 2007's Forgotten the Dukes. I'll have to check it out. And this is what kills me, the disrespect. He's perhaps most fondly remembered as the sleazy, sleazy club owner in Showgirls who muses to Elizabeth Berkeley. Wow. Uh, and I'm not going to say the, the line that he, he said in that. This just kills me. Quote, this is not a true story, says a Secret Service agent with a smirk. Moments after currently sitting president takes a deep whiff of her hair, quote, except for all the facts, to ensure that the truth to power self-aggrandizement comes across loud and clear. These words also appear on screen. Okay, well, I cannot stand the disrespect they, they they just gave Gina Carano. Okay, he should have put in there a Secret Service agent played by Gina Carano, formerly of Star Wars The Mandalorian. All right? Uh, Terror on the Prairie, Daily Wire. This motherfucker does none of that. All right? Um, He goes down here after the fact to recover and say the line is delivered by actress, not actor, Gina Carano, better known for her work she hasn't done what she has last year in the wake of sharing an Instagram post equating the extermination of Jews during the Holocaust as supposed persecution 
faced by American conservatives. She was dismissed from her row in the streaming series The Mandalorian and barred for many future appearances in Star Wars adjacent media. Her role may be minimal, but her presence is significant. A clear statement that we're in purgatorial sub-industry that allows performers blackballed by, quote, cancellation to continue working. So he's just coming out and saying Gina Carano has been canceled, and he's happy about it. Okay? Uh, but my issue with that, and I do consider that disrespect, I don't care if he comes down there below because he mentions Gina Carano and then, and then proceeds to bash her and validate her cancellation. Man, go F yourself twice, okay? Just to be sure. Um, but it's the fact that he talks about a Secret Service agent delivers the line. Well, no. A Secret Service agent played by Gina Carano is what that should read. Delivers a line. All right? But you wanted to disrespect her and the character that she was playing because it's her. Now, again, this some bitch. All right, and, and let me just take you back here real fast to Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know how this is possible or, or why this has happened, but this is the guy that wrote the article, okay? Full review, you click on it, it takes you over there. Why did you leave this? Did you actually see the movie? I'm guessing maybe he did. But what kills me is he left this on, on the 7th. The article's written on the 6th. So it does make, make you wonder, has this guy actually seen the movie? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, I would love, love to understand what is going on with this. All right? This has got a 7.9 out of 10. Popularity 99 going up on IMDb right now. Okay? And uh, it says there's seven critic reviews. And I guess this is 400, yeah, 422 IMDb users. All right. And it's got, out of 422, it's got, man, I mean, we're talking about up around the uh, 340 range. Out of 422, gave it an 8 or better. But yet, Rotten Tomatoes has nothing on this film. So it looks to me like, much like the actual story that is factual that the media has tried to cover up, unless something changes, this film has been out for over 24 hours and Rotten Tomatoes hasn't let a single audience review go up. So is Rotten Tomatoes trying to squash this movie? You know? Out of existence, hey, we don't care about the audience scores to this. We're obviously going to allow a critic to leave a review. They don't have their score either. I'm sure he would have. He showed it was rotten as far as he was concerned. But it's clear, and this is the deal, he can't do an impartial review because he said right-wing lunatics. And he obviously hates Gina Carano, right? So... I don't know. I found this crazy. Two things. Obviously, this movie's really popular because it crashed Breitbart's system that delivered the movie because thousands of downloads were happening. 
Also, it's got 422 reviews on IMDb, but something strange is going on with Rotten Tomatoes trying to cover up the shit on top of it. All right? And and look, I can only speculate that, but I'm going to tell you when Hulu's new Predator movie, Prey, came out, I was very interested to see the audience scores. Okay? Why? Because, look, I try to be fair. John Matrix didn't like the movie. He called it woke. I saw the movie. I didn't think it was woke. And I liked it. All right? Not as good as three other Predator movies I can think of right off the bat, but I did like it. Uh, And that just tells you, I'm not going to go in one direction, and I'm going to be fair. I'm going to tell you what my opinion is. Well, that movie had reviews immediately on Rotten Tomatoes. So... What is the deal going on here? This movie seems like it's going to be pretty popular. Kind of like 2,000 Mules, which they'll lead you to believe from Denise D'Souza that that's a fringe movie too. Hmm. Tell me what you think, Black and White Network supporters. This is going to be like everything else. They're going to try to squash this. They really are. Think about that. Um, what was that? 282 plus 38. So that's going to be, uh, what, 325-ish plus another, what, 20? About 348 out of 10 or better reviews on this thing on IMDb. 7.9. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Black and White Network supporters, make sure you check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. Link in the description. Use promo code USA First, all one word. USA First, all one word. 25% off now. All right, guys, as many of you probably already know, Queen Elizabeth II, the Queen of England, has now passed away. And now her son, Prince Charles, who is the King of England now, is now the reigning monarch over Great Britain. And it's actually going to be kind of weird to actually call him the king because um, through my whole entire life, uh, he was the Prince of Wales. And he was actually the longest uh, reigning uh, heir apparent to the throne in England. So it's going to take some getting used to to actually call him the king. Now, we don't know if he's actually going to keep the name Charles um, as his title, as his name, I should actually say his title is uh, King. Um, monarchs usually do uh, change their names to something else, even though Elizabeth actually um, kept the name Elizabeth and she became Queen Elizabeth II. If Charles actually does decide to actually keep Charles, he will be Charles III. Now, with that being said, guys, let's go over here and talk about your divisive media. The media. And I'm talking about CBS here, actually one particular uh, CBS uh, journalist here that we're going to be talking about here. This man put out a very, very insensitive tweet about Queen Elizabeth before she actually passed away. And then when he actually found out that she actually did pass away, he deleted the tweet over here on the Daily Wire. My bad, LOL. CBS journalist deletes tweet calling ailing queen oppressive ruler 
just before she dies. Now, guys, England has a constitutional monarchy. Okay, it's not an absolute monarchy. The queen rules within the rules of their laws, their constitution. Uh, When Queen Elizabeth was alive, uh, she actually didn't need a driver's license. And really, a lot of her duties were really just ceremonial. She wasn't actually running the day to day operations of the government. Not at all. The people elect the prime minister over there and then the queen confirms the prime minister pretty much in a ceremonial type of role. Now, I do believe that there was actually more powers that she actually could wield, but she never did do it. Also, she paid taxes under the uh, Constitution of uh, Great Britain. She didn't have to pay taxes, but she did it anyway. But let's read this. CBS News journalist and correspondent uh, Wesley Lowry deleted a tweet on Thursday that called an ailing Queen Elizabeth II an oppressive ruler just before Buckingham Palace announced her passing. Alice Griswold shared a screenshot of the deleted comment, adding just the word deleted in his own caption. So here is the now deleted tweet. And luckily for us, you know, the Internet is forever. This is what this journalist in air quotes put out. The death of a person seen as near deity by the white political. Of course, he has to bring in race ruling and media class but who was also at one point the oppressive ruler of something like 30% of the global population is going to provide an excellent example of the subjectivity of straight news reporting. My goodness, man. I'm just stunned by this. I'm stunned by this. Why would you actually put out something like that? This is insane right here. And Queen Elizabeth was a white woman, but she wasn't all powerful. Okay, these people in the media, man, they always want to play the race card. And I'm sick of it. I'm sick of these people actually playing the race card right here. Now, at one point, the British Empire was like the largest empire I believe the world had ever seen. Now, the British Empire dissolved, but Queen Elizabeth um, still was um, the sovereign over um I can't remember exactly how many um, nations, I believe something like 20, if I'm not mistaken. But she didn't really have any real power. She was not a dictator. She wasn't a Kim Jong-un or something like that. She wasn't Vladimir Putin. She's not Xi Jinping. I mean, this is insane right here. And this man put out this tweet and it's just so divisive, so disrespectful, man. The media man is truly an enemy of the people. So let's see what some people are saying right here besides uh, deleted right there. Uh, Eric Erickson uh, says this is a CBS reporter. He also is one of those privileged elite who the media insists is a necessary voice only because he sees racism everywhere and everything he doesn't like is racism. And you're a racist if you disagree with him. Yet he is considered an objective reporter. When pretty much, you know, what he was putting out was essentially racist right there, if you ask me. This is just crazy, man. Let's see this on Nets uh, response here to his tweet. Uh, This dumb tweet by Wesley Lowry is also an ignorant tweet. Elizabeth came to power in 1952. Uh, British Empire had already largely come apart, um, especially Crown Jewel uh, India. 
Yeah, because I believe um, her father was the last emperor of India, uh, which gained independence in 1947. It also accounted for vast majority of population of the Commonwealth right there. Um, what else? Uh, Dan uh, Stringer says, uh, why did you delete this? Yeah, because he was going to get crushed a whole lot after um, Queen Elizabeth had already uh, passed away. Uh, what does he say here? He also tweets something, out, something else out here. Um, it was reductive and that distracted from the broader point and just didn't think it was worth it to spend all day going back and forth on it. Yeah, you, you were going to get crushed, man. So that's why you did it. Man, the media, man, I really, really do despise the media folks. I really, really do. The American media, the leftist media, this is how divisive they are. They play the race card. They absolutely do. And a foreign monarch um, who was actually a friend of this country, by the way, no reason to actually go out there and attack her like this. Ninety six years old. And you know what, folks? She actually served in World War Two and she fought against real Nazis. You know, I know today that the uh, the leftist media likes to call everybody on the right Nazis. No, Queen Elizabeth actually got to see real Nazis in action. But that's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white network fans, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to the channel and we'll catch you next time. Tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no holds barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and White Network supporters, make sure you check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. Link in the description. Use promo code USA First, all one word. USA First, all one word. 25% off now. Oh boy, guys. Here we go. Screaming A. Smith, Stephen A. Smith. Guys, Stephen A. Smith made a pretty epic blunder here on ESPN's first take. Now, week one of the NFL season actually starts tonight. And the NFC East, the Dallas Cowboys, they actually play against Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday Night Football. Now, on ESPN's first take, Stephen A. Smith was actually talking to, talking with uh, Chris Mandal Russo on who is the favorite to actually win the NFC East? And of course, you know, Stephen A. Smith is no Dallas Cowboys fan. He hates the Dallas Cowboys. And we found out probably about what, five years ago, I would say that it was all because of a woman. He hates the Cowboys because of a woman, folks. But that's besides his point here. So I digress. Anyway, check this out. Over here on Outkick, Stephen A. Smith mates epic blunder about Eagles on first take. Now, guys, I want I want to play the clip here and let's see if you guys actually catch on to this. Let's play it. Dak is somewhere between 10 and 13. I'll take Dallas to win the NFC East. Forgive him, America, for what he does not know. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you're wrong on so many levels. Let's try it. Let's start the ways. First of all, let's look at the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, Jalen Hurts has a lot to prove. There's no doubt about it. They go where he takes them. Then you acquire A.J. Brown. You put him with 
Devontae Smith, all right? You got that going on. Rager's got something to prove this year, but the three of them is a great, great thing, okay? You got Goddard at your, side, at your tight end spot. This is a good thing, okay? Wow, guys. Just wow. Stephen A. Smith makes, uh, what, $12 million per year, the highest paid employee at ESPN, and he did not do his homework. He mentioned Rieger here, guys. It says here, Stephen A. Smith talks about sports for hours on end five days a week. Of course, he's going to make mistakes, but his latest involving the Philadelphia Eagles and wide receiver Jalen Rieger was a bad was a um, I should actually say a mighty bit blunder. It was a bad blunder. But anyway, during a recent segment of First Take, the ESPN host was debating about the NFC East with Chris Mandal Russo. After Russo picked the Cowboys to win the division, Smith brought up the Eagles and attempted to make a point as to why they're the team to watch out for. The problem is he mentioned Rieger has a lot to prove in Philadelphia this season. Well, Rieger was traded to the Minnesota Vikings. Not only was Rieger traded to the Vikings, he was traded to the Vikings back in August. It's not like he was dealt an hour before Smith went on his rant. Man, that is a pretty bad blunder right there, folks, because um, this is uh, September now. Um, it's actually, uh, what, September the 7th or 8th or something like that. Um, yeah, Stephen A. Smith is pretty late to the party here. But this isn't the first time, you know, Stephen A. Smith has um, embarrassed himself. Now, Stephen A. Smith is supposed to know the NBA a lot better here. Remember this from uh, April the 4th? Embarrassing uh, Stephen A. Smith mistake going viral. Now, this is when, um, and he's not the only one that's actually um, been duped by uh, Ballsat Sports. But uh, it says here, during Monday's edition of First Take, alongside Magic Johnson, Smith started discussing the potential rift between uh, Brooklyn Nets stars Kyrie Irving and um, Kevin Durant. At one point, Smith said that according to reports, Kyrie told KD that he was washed up. There's just one problem. The report that Smith is referring to comes from a parody Twitter account called Ballsat Sports. <laughs> you can't trust him. Actually, I remember um, I did a video not long ago. I believe on Kendrick Perkins got duped by them as well. Or was it Jalen Rose? I don't remember exactly. But man, what an epic embarrassment. By Stephen A. Smith for actually um, not really doing his homework. And he actually told the audience to um, forgive uh, Mad Dog Russo for um, not doing his homework or something like that in that video clip. When Stephen A. Smith is the one that made the very, very bad take on this by putting in a player on the Eagles. Talking about he has something to prove when that player is no longer on the Eagles, man. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and White Sports 2 fans, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to the channel, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. tuning into black and white sports on youtube the no holds barred truth on sports
The main event starts now. I'm back. Rudrance for our Black and White Sports 2. We're going to talk 49ers on here. You guys know that's my team, my lifelong team. I'm 47. Man, I can't remember never not loving the 49ers. Uh, So here we are. Season's about to start. 49ers just named their 2022 captains. And uh, I love every pick. I love every pick. I got to tell you right off the bat. I'm shocked that Debo Samuel's not on here. I really am. That may be my biggest issue with it. And also, I have fully noticed, as has a lot of other people, that Trey Lance is not a captain on this team. And I absolutely have a theory behind this. And we will get to an article Florio wrote. And I think me and Florio kind of feel the same way on this. This is calculated by Kyle Shanahan without a doubt. He knows if he names Trey Lance captain, it makes it much harder for him to bench Trey Lance later, okay, because you're making an additional statement. Now, some could say you're making an additional statement not naming Trey Lance captain. But look, I think that statement was made when they re-signed Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, um, it's such a weird thing. I understand you know, my biggest issue with the Trey Lance deal was, would be, let's say Trey Lance ends up being a bust. Um, considering Garoppolo's on the team and considering how well just even quarterbacks that are second and third string have done in this offense, I wouldn't feel so bad. We took a swing on, the, on a draft pick and missed. Okay. But we gave up so much draft collateral to do it yeah, I do have a major problem if he ends up being a bust. Uh, so let's get to this. This is uh, 49ers.com. Let's, let's look at who the captains are. With San Francisco's regular kickoff versus the Bears just days away, head coach Kyle Shanahan announced the 49ers season-long captains. All six of the 49ers are impact players, both on and off the field, and have displayed veteran leadership's abilities during their time with San Francisco. Uh, I would not overlook the fact that this is probably written by somebody, yes, a team reporter, and uh, I don't know how much they decided maybe we should put veteran in there so it doesn't look so bad that Trey Lance is not a captain. Offensive lineman uh, Trent Williams, tight end George Kittle, will each be wearing gold seeds to recognize five or more years served as a team captain here's a look at the full list of players that will be wearing the captain c on their uniform during 2022 fred warner third season trent williams third season as one with the niners 2011 through 2017 with washington george kittle fifth season jimmy ward second season eric armstead third season and nick bosa First season, and man, I think Nick Bosa is poised to contend for Defensive Player of the Year. I do believe that. Now, let's get to an article from Florio because me and him, I believe, do align with this in a lot of ways. Captain Decision is the clearest sign yet. Trey Lance is already on thin ice. Look. I think they saw some stuff in training camp and in preseason. And Shanahan and Lynch went into a room, got together, 
Because, look, there was word that, that came out that um, neither Garoppolo nor the 49ers were even thinking about each other until about seven days before that deal happened. Okay, think about that. I absolutely do believe that that, that preseason performance put a little layer of icing on the cake of oh crapness. Okay. Um, on Thursday, 49ers coach Kyle Shanahan announced the team's six captains for 2022. If there had been a seventh, it would have been quarterback Trey Lance. Shanahan's explanation for cutting off the captains at six was unconvincing. He initially stumbled, identifying receiver Debo Samuel as a captain before pointing out that Samuel finished eighth in the voting behind Lance. Wow. Quote, I didn't just, I just didn't want to put seven on there. Debo was eight. That's why I mentioned his name on accident. We just wanted to go with six. They don't allow for eight to be a coin toss. I don't believe if they don't allow eight for the coin toss, they probably don't allow seven. And the 49ers had seven captains in 2020 and 2021. Hmm. Interesting. The omission of Lance makes it much easier for the 49ers to shift to Jimmy Garoppolo. If Lance struggles, the fact that Shanahan arbitrarily chose to limit the number of captains to six when he had seven, for two straight years amplifies that point. Yikes, it surely does. Not all quarterbacks are natural and immediate leaders. That is a fact. Those that aren't sometimes need a boost. And while Shanahan declared at the outset of training camp that the 49ers are now Lance's team, the sudden about face on Garoppolo undermines the notion that Lance is firmly in control. The best and easiest way to counter that perception would be to make Lance a captain. Absolutely, it would send a message. The 49ers chose to not send that message. So, yes, Lance is on thin ice. He needs to perform. He needs to run the offense the way that Shanahan wants it to be run. If he doesn't, Shanahan won't hesitate to bench him. And the absence of a C on the jersey will make a move from Lance to Garoppolo far less awkward than it otherwise would have been. That's right. And that is a fact. You know, I got to be honest with you. I think if Trey Lance was with somebody like Andy Reid, who has shown the ability to adapt to a certain kind of quarterback in his offense, I think Trey Lance would have a better chance. Okay, I do. But we all know Kyle Shanahan wants to run his offense the way he wants to run it, and people will jump out there and be like, RG3, yeah, Mike and Kyle couldn't stand RG3. They couldn't stand him. They couldn't stand him as a dual-threat quarterback. Yeah, he had this one season, but they drafted Kirk Cousins in the same draft. I mean, could any bigger statement have been made than to tell you we ain't got faith in him, okay? Then, then than them having drafted another quarterback in that draft. I, I mean, I'm just saying. And uh, I really believe this was a massive statement right here. Um, I wonder, because the fan base is so split on this, you know, I think a lot of fans, and I've said a lot of NFL fans from the outside looking in, 
can objectively look and go, you know, what we've seen of Trey Lance isn't great outside of like five, six, seven flash plays. You know, the meat and potato stuff doesn't look very good. Well, you've got an offense completely built around meat and potatoes kind of stuff. Right? Now, look, I don't think it's an issue with Shanahan being afraid to move off Garoppolo because, look, I think if all of a sudden Kirk Cousins sauntered in the door, Garoppolo's ass would be set in a minute. I truly believe that. Okay? Uh, But he's not walking through that door right now. He's not. So... Um, it's going to be interesting to see. You're already seeing a war between 40 own 49ers fans starting to remind me of the star Wars fan base. Those of us that don't like Disney star Wars versus those that are just loving all that bullshit. That's terrible. That's kind of what's going on with 49ers fans. When it comes to our quarterback situation, we've got an inner feud going again. I hope Trey Lance works out. But I, I'm not I'm not confident, okay? He's not he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Lamar Jackson. He's not. Tell me what you think, black and white sports two fans. Kyle said, Captain, seven the last two years this year. Now let's cut that sucker down to six. Let's just go ahead and make that six. Yeah. Peace. I'm out. Until next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and White Network supporters, make sure you check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. Link in the description. Use promo code USAFIRST, all one word. USAFIRST, all one word. 25% off now. All right, guys. We're going to be talking about Duke volleyball player Rachel Richardson here in this video and also in the mainstream media, namely USA Today and their writer, Mike Freeman. Now, I've done videos on the past, I believe, before on Mike Freeman. Uh, This man is pretty woke. He's definitely woke. And in classic uh, left wing um, form, if you do not believe Rachel Richardson, then you are a conspiracy theorist, namely a right wing conspiracy theorist. Now, it's kind of funny that he actually brings in right wing because when it came to uh, Juicy Smouye, who actually staged a fake hate crime, even a bunch of people on the left didn't believe him. Now, when it comes to uh, Rachel Richardson, she claimed that a BYU fan actually called her the N-word multiple times. Not one time, multiple times, every time that she actually served the volleyball. However, in a stadium of over 5,500 people, nobody else heard that word at all. It was a hoax. Let's just call it what it is. It was a hoax. But anyway, let's go over here to Outkick here. USA Today writer says doubting Duke volleyball player is right wing conspiracy theory. And Mike Freeman is that writer from USA Today. This is completely insane that he's actually trying to defend uh, Rachel Richardson when there is absolutely no evidence whatsoever 
that anybody in the whole stadium dropped the N-word, and especially, you know, towards her. It just did not happen. Um, here it is. It says, uh, Mike Freeman, who in classic activist fashion compared questioning Robinson's story to a right-wing conspiracy theory and QAnon. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Fre- Freeman uh, claimed he would break down the absurdity of it all, but his first example of why to believe her is possibly the most absurd thing you'll read all day. According to him, one of the main reasons why she couldn't be wrong about what she heard is that she called her father in tears after the match. The interview with her father on CNN, naturally, of course, uh, says that the call with Rachel wasn't normal. Quote, after the game, she called, he said, and this was a different call. This is supposedly part of the proof that it happened. But if she thought she heard racist slurs at the game that never actually happened, of course, she would be upset and in tears. It's certainly possible that she uh, thought she heard something new in the game. And it's also possible that she made it all up. I lean towards that she actually made it all up. If she actually said, you know, hey, I think I heard something one time. All right. Maybe you just misheard something. But when you claim that it happened every time you served the, the ball and nobody else heard it. Nah, I ain't with that. That's a juicy smoothie level here. Uh, Freeman continues with a list explaining why it's just impossible to believe she make it all up. And this is his list. And Alkit says here, it is not a good list. It says here, number one, say just for argument's sake that Rachel Richardson made up the story. You have to believe that she did uh, knowing she was putting not just her uh, volleyball future at risk, but her college future as a student at Duke. Uh, she'd be forever tarnished as a liar, one of the worst liars. I don't believe that would actually stop her. I mean, all she had to do was play the race card, really. If uh, Duke didn't believe her, all she had to do was say, hey, Duke doesn't believe me because I'm black and I'm a woman. She could actually play that race card and the left would actually defend her. Uh, number two, you have to believe um, she lied to her dad, which is possible. Kids lie to their parents. Uh, but about this, but also... Um, you would have to believe she uh, would then let her father go on CNN and repeat that lie. I believe all that is possible right there. I believe this whole thing was staged, and I believe it was really, really staged by her godmother, to tell you the truth, because her godmother is running for elected office right out here in Texas, I believe, um, for a judgeship in uh, Dallas, if I'm not mistaken. And um, they do bring up um, Bubba Wallace and uh, Juicy Smouye here. Uh, Bubba Wallace, of course, you, you guys already know about the noose and it was a garage pull. Nothing more. But uh, Bubba Wallace wanted to try to frame it like, uh, hey, some white supremacists um, had this hanging in the garage. They don't like black people, that kind of thing. It was completely insane. But um, it says here it gets worse after his absurd defense of a story. He claims that, um, that the fact that no one heard any racial slurs yelled at Richardson doesn't matter. This is pretty crazy. Listen to this. Quote, what the conspiracy theorists uh, essentially all comes down to is one thing. No one heard Richardson uh, being called slur. The belief suddenly is that microphones pick up every word in the arena or student section or that cameras are all seeing and knowing like many one eyed gods. Oh, my goodness. But Freeman ignores that it's not simply microphones or cameras. There hasn't been yet a single eyewitness that's come forward from the event to corroborate her story. Not one. Yeah, 
Nobody. And the police investigated this and nothing. It says here the police have confirmed they didn't hear anything. Local newspapers have conducted independent investigations asking uh, countless attendees if they heard anything. No one did. I'm just I just can't believe, you know, that Mike Freeman is still trying to defend Rachel Richardson. She made it up. I think it's pretty clear. The only conspiracy is I believe is probably what a godmother can't prove it. But that's just my theory on it, because um, she wanted some political points out of this whole thing. And for Mike Freeman to just kind of, you know, hey, I got to defend her. You know, uh, she's black. I got to do this and do that. No, not buying it, man. Not buying this whatsoever, guys. But um, what do you guys think of this? What do you guys make of USA Today trying to defend Rachel Richardson when this was clearly a Bubba Wallace, Juicy Smouye kind of ordeal right here? I believe that the whole thing was a setup. I really, really do. Now, Rachel Richardson uh, went to, uh, I believe, our coaches or something. and They put um, a policeman by the student section. And allegedly, these racial slurs still kept coming and the police didn't do anything. Nah, not buying this whatsoever. But that's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to the channel and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and White Network supporters, make sure you check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. Link in the description. Use promo code USA First, all one word. USA First, all one word. 25% off now. What a crazy world we're living in today, guys. Ever since 2020, we knew that everything would definitely be woke. If you get in trouble for something, if you ain't non-white person, you know, go ahead and play the race card. Maybe you'll get away with it. Uh, in this case, guys, we're actually talking about a soccer player who actually plays for the uh, U.S. men's national soccer team. Miles Robinson. I know times are very, very tough in one Beijing Biden's America. Now, if you watch the network channel, we talked about inflation man. inflation way out of control, folks. It is super duper expensive for everything. However, if you decide to actually go out, have a drink, you're going to have to pay your bar tab. I don't care if you just had one shot. You have to pay the tab. But according to Miles Robinson, you know, I guess that's uh, pretty much racist. If you're a black person and don't pay, pay your bar tab, check this out on our kick. Insanity here. U.S. MNT player arrested after reportedly refusing to pay for one shot of alcohol. Accuses bartender of racism. Pay the bill. Pay the bill. And guess how much his uh, bar tab was? Five dollars. This man got arrested over $5. Let's read this, guys. United States men's national soccer team member Miles Robinson, 25, was arrested at an Atlanta bar on Saturday for 
adamantly refusing to pay for a single shot of alcohol he took, which costs five dollars. Robinson was at a PBR Atlanta and refused to pay by stating that the shot was, quote, just five bucks as its rationale. Now, we know that these uh, left wing uh, DAs and these left wing um, cities and counties, they don't actually want to prosecute crime. And maybe um, Miles Robinson said, hey, look, if I don't pay, nothing's really going to happen to me. But still, man, five dollars. Anyway, it goes on. Despite pleas by the establishment and and responding uh, Cobb County uh, Sheriff's Office authorities to pay for the shot rather than facing a trespassing charge. Robinson refused to cover the bill and was arrested. He was booked on a count of misdemeanor theft and the bail was set at $150, which could have bought him 30 shots. So this man went to jail, had to post a $150 bail over a $5 shot that he refused to actually pay for. This man's not very smart. He's just not. In the report, In the uh, police report relayed by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, Robinson alleged that he was being profiled for being African-American by the racist bartender that asked him to pay for his drink. So asking a person to pay his tab is now racist. I'm assuming that the bartender was white. And if you're black, you don't have to pay your bar tab. Doesn't make sense to me. Uh, Robinson stated, You only want to listen to the racist bartender. You aren't going to listen to me. The report noted MLS Atlanta United released a statement on the defender. Quote, we are aware of the recent misdemeanor arrests involving Miles Robinson, uh, said the statement. We are continuing to gather all information related to the incident and will not have further comment at this time. This is crazy, guys. And that's his mugshot right there. Arrested over. $5 because he decided, you know what? I guess I have black privilege and I'm not going to pay for my shot. Why take the shot if you're not intending to pay for your drink? You got to pay your tab, man. You got to pay. When I go out to eat, man, I pay for my bill. I don't walk out and say, hey, it's only $10, $5, whatever. I mean, have you seen anybody go to McDonald's and actually order um, a Big Mac meal, for example, and say, and they give you the, the price. I don't know how much it is. Let's just say $6 for a value meal. And the person says, no, nah, I'm not going to pay. But I do want my food. Give me my food, but I'm not paying for it. It doesn't make any sense. We're living in crazy times, folks. Crazy, crazy times where people think that they're just going to get away with this stuff. And he gets arrested and $150 that he actually had to pay to bail himself out when he could have just paid his bar tab of $5. The man didn't even have to tip, but he did have to pay the tab. And I do recommend tipping. I'm a bit proponent of actually tipping, but that's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. Miles Robinson doesn't want to pay the tab. He was willing to get arrested and paid $150 to bail out of jail. Crazy. Anyway, guys, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to the channel and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time.
on Black and White Sports.